As teased earlier, uh, the Old Testament reading this morning is from the Revised Common Lectionary Suggestion, providentially, the 40th chapter of Isaiah, beginning at verse 23, uh, 25, I'm sorry, and continuing through verse 31. Isaiah 40, 25 to 31, again, I invite you to listen. For a word from the Lord, as it is there written. To whom, then, will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see, who created these? He who brings out their hand and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one of these stars is missing." Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our New Testament reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Mark in the very first chapter, beginning of verse 29 and continuing through verse 34, 39, I'm sorry, 39. Don't want to abbreviate the Gospel. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now... Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went through Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Once again, this week, the spirit rudely intruded into my work of sermon preparation and forced me to change course. How inconvenient of that spirit. I was going to preach from a series of verses in Corinthians, but no, 
Instead, I've been led to the suggested lectionary text for this day from the opening chapter of the Gospel according to Mark. And here we find Jesus coming home from worship, planning to enjoy food and fellowship with his disciples, not all that dissimilar from what we do around these parts on any given Sabbath. But on this day, there's a problem. Jesus' plans for the day were also disrupted. Seems when the crew got back to Simon's place in Capernaum, the chief cook and bottle washer of the house, his wife's mother, she was not extending her usual hospitality to their guests as she was quite unwell. She had a malady that included a high fever which caused her to be bedridden. So Jesus does what Jesus does, and he heals her completely, fully, and immediately. I read an article this week that I must confess caught me up short. The headline for this article read, Elmo's viral tweet sparks an existential crisis among his followers. Well, that's certainly not a headline I would have ever dreamt of reading. It wasn't on my bingo card for 2024. Many of you with younger children, grandchildren, or great-grandchildren probably know that Elmo is a Muppet, a member of the venerable Sesame Street cast of characters who first appeared well, over a generation ago now. Well, apparently, like any hip-pop icon who wants to retain their relevance in today's world, some time back, Elmo got himself his own social media account where he has amassed hundreds of thousands of followers. To me, that in itself is amazing. Uh, but even more so was what happened this past week when he posted a rather innocuous message to his feed asking how everybody is doing. And in the first 24 hours since it dropped, it was viewed over 137 million times. And of those tens or perhaps now hundreds of thousands of replies to a glorified children's sock puppet, mind you, a tremendous number of people were crying out in pain and anguish. It seems that many of those who follow Elmo's account are not doing all right at all. And that made news. Now, one Sunday last year, or maybe a bit longer now, I was led by the Spirit to set aside another sermon that I had been working on to deliver here at Old Rehoboth, the very same message that Elmo did this past Monday. And I just said, I'm checking in. How are y'all doing? 
And I knew things had been rough around these parts, individually, corporately, physically, mentally, economically, socially, politically. And the Spirit was nudging me to check in to hear from you about where you were and how the church and her message and ministry, which are designed and equipped to respond, might do just that. And though as a collective group of Christians, I think that we are now in a better place than we all were when we were just coming out of the pandemic, I also know that for some of you as individuals, there are still important areas in which you are unwell. If you want to talk about those, I hope you won't hesitate to reach out to your pastor. Yesterday, at the egg roll and Asian cooking workshop, uh, I briefly spoke with one of the many young folks who were here with us. I cheerily asked her, how things are going? And she shrugged, and she said, okay. And I said to her, just okay? And she said, yeah. And she started to walk off. And I said to her, all right, well, thank you for being so honest with me. And I hope the rest of you would be so bold as to be so honest as that. Six days ago, it seems that a bundle of fabric with a social media account put his cloth finger on a truth that the world is seemingly a bit shocked about, and that is that they are not even okay. For Christians, this is often one of the first great lies that gets disabused at the outset of our faith journey. As Jesus so repeatedly taught and showed the world and those who dwell in it are not, nor have they ever been, okay. We are a great collection of sin-sick souls. And as anyone who's been involved in a 12-step program can attest to, the first step to healing is admitting that we have a condition that needs treating. Scandalous still to those who, like the Pharisees, lulled themselves into a false sense of security, thinking that they were above all that. We should not be shocked that the world and those in it are not okay. If this is true, then what's to be done? Quite some time ago, there was a television series. It ran for many seasons, and I saw most of the episodes. It was called The West Wing. Centered around a fictional American president and his inner circle of advisors, and it was unlike many programs on television, I thought, quite well written. Uh, in one episode, one of my favorites, there was a recovering alcoholic who was an advisor who was telling an associate this parable about the sorts of people that he had found to be helpful 
and less than helpful to him in his times of need. He said, this guy's walking down a street when he falls into a hole. The walls are so deep that he can't get out. A doctor passes by and shouts up, hey you, can you help me? And the doctor writes him a prescription and throws it down in the hole and moves on. Then a priest comes along and the guy looks up, shouts, Father, I'm down here in this hole. Uh, can you help me out? And the priest writes out a prayer and throws it down in the hole and moves on. And then a friend walks by. Hey, Joe, it's me. Can you help me out? And the friend jumps into the hole. And our guy says, are you stupid? Now we're both down here. The friend says, yeah, but I've been down here before. And I know the way out. For all of us in the church, including but not limited to our ordained officers, I hope we are less like the doctor and, yes, the priest, and more like that friend, a friend to those who find themselves in a hole that more and more folks are willing to admit they're actually in. The hungry, the hurting, the lost, the trapped. I'm not saying they don't need medicine. I'm not saying they don't need the church, but what I am saying is that they need Jesus most of all. And you, you are the ones who know the way. So what they need above all else is for you to jump into those holes with them, to come alongside them, as we so often say in the church, now please, don't sell yourselves short. You may see someone struggling and think, I'm no psychologist, no pharmacist, I, I'm not even an extrovert. How am I supposed to fix them? As people who are being fixed ourselves, we don't have to fix anyone, even if we presumptuously thought that we could. We just need to introduce them to the one who's doing for us just what he did for all the people of the city that came to him at Simon Peter's house. They came with their infirmities of mind and body and spirit, and he healed them. Evangelism. It's just one beggar telling another where to find bread, according to D.T. Niles. I really like that analogy of his. You and I, we have been blessed so that we might be a blessing. The relationship that we have with those in whatever hole they're in is of that between two beggars. That's what the doctor and the priest got wrong. They thought they were smarter, somehow superior, and acted condescendingly with a rote response to fix a problem they couldn't be bothered to take the time to appreciate. I encourage all of us 
not to be aloof from the struggles the followers of Elmo are beginning to admit. For we in the church, we are the ones who have been uniquely empowered, equipped, and sent to bring the healing of the healer of the nations, to show others the way, the way that we have come to know, the way out of the whole, who is the way and the truth and the life. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.